Hello and welcome back to Freedom Machines with Freddy Dobbs. It is a Thursday morning here. It's a little bit cloudy than it's been, but I can't complain because the weather for pretty much the entirety of June here in Southeast England has been absolutely incredible. At the peak of the days, it's rarely dropped below 24 degrees and it is very nearly impossible to be better biking weather. And before I get into it, actually, the main bit of today's episode will be all about the joy of this biking season now and road tripping. But before I get into that, let me give you a bit of an overview about what I've been up to this week because I was with Monica yesterday and we were driving in the car and we went to a shopping centre. And as we drove down into this shopping sh- shopping centre car park, there was a sign there saying thieves, or it said basically a yellow sign saying beware, catalytic converter theft going on. So please be vigilant. And I posted this onto Instagram uh, just to say this is the world we live in. And I got some really interesting response from people saying, oh, that's that's great. So what are we meant to do with that information? Get an armed guard or something watching our cars? But this is just going on all over the place now in Southeast England, catalytic converter theft. And if you're not familiar with what that is, because I know that every country has a different kind of word for it, it's basically an expensive part of your exhaust and thieves, especially in Southeast London, they are actually in broad daylight going under your car and ripping out the exhaust and it's just happening in broad daylight. We've actually had two be stolen from our development and I've put a poll out onto, onto Instagram to see if this is a common thing. Got about 10 hours left of the poll, but interestingly, it looks like the vast majority of people saying, yes, we're familiar with this. Looks like they're mainly Brits. And then I look at people who say, no, we're not familiar with this. It's mainly people or non-Brits. So it's a big a bit of a problem here in the UK at the moment. And I wonder what is going to happen because especially for cars like Toyota Priuses and stuff, they've got really expensive catalytic converters that can cost about one and a half thousand pounds but that's that today monica and i are getting on to the bonneville and we're going to drive or ride off into the countryside for a traditional british pub lunch we're going to try and find an all-new pub that we've never been to so i can't wait for that and earlier this week and you can check it out on my YouTube channel. Just type Freddie Dobbs. So I won't go into too much detail, but do go and check it out because I got, I got so overexcited because we went into a bookshop in the heart of Blackheath in Southeast London and I found four first edition James Bonds. So do go and check that out because I'm sure it's not just me who finds that type of stuff incredibly exciting. But to the main point or to the main topic of today's podcast, it is bike road trip season. And this is almost what biking's all about. I love the, the day trips and the rides into London. That's all amazing, but nothing beats a proper biking adventure. Pack up your bike with a tent on the back, a sleeping bag, couple of panniers just with the absolute essentials and no more than that. And there is nothing better. There's nothing better than packing up for a road trip. 
could be anything from just one night up to up to 10 days I've done it for where I've packed up a, a sleeping bag and a tent and not knowing where you're going to wake up or where you're going to go to sleep every night and not knowing actually where you're going to be by the end of the day there's nothing better and it doesn't matter if it's an international trip or a national trip which is probably going to be the reality with the lockdown situation at the moment meaning that we can't travel and one of the best trips that I've ever done was actually one in the UK I did it with three other friends of mine and we went to the Lake District which is probably about four or five hours riding directly up north from London and all of us packed up a tent sleeping bag and just the bare essentials and I did it on an 800 pound Suzuki bandit that I had at the time and it was just one of the most brilliant things I think out of the three nights out of the three nights we did one free camping, which basically means you can just camp for free. No amenities, no toilets, nothing at all. And then another couple of times, I think we stayed in proper designated campsites, you know, where you can have a shower and a few more luxuries. But it's just an amazing thing. Funnily enough, I remember the, the night I remember most from that is the free camping night. And I'll get into this in a bit more detail in a second, because this is something that's really interesting. Because if you're looking at going on a road trip and you start looking at the costs, and it may be the same worldwide, because, because international travel at the moment is limited, it means that internal travel is getting hugely expensive. I've heard stories about farmers renting out their fields in the UK and charging £70 a night just for the luxury of bringing your own tent and actually pitching your own tent in a farmer's field just with one kind of porter cabin as a loo in the corner. £70 for that luxury because they know the demand's so high because all the Brits are holidaying internally. So there's something that's called free camping and there are websites where you can find all of these free camping areas. So we did this a few years ago. And we actually free camped and basically you're riding along and you can find this area where you're legally legally allowed to pitch up your tent. And we got there and there was a range of camper vans and a couple of other tents. And we pitched our tent with a beautiful view of one of the lakes in the Lake District, got a few beers in and just enjoyed the sunset. Bikes parked up next to the tents. Absolutely brilliant. And I've got excited about this and just the fact that the weather's been so brilliant and I thought Monica and I need to go on a trip. So get the king and queen seat set up, get the big panniers on and maybe even if it's just for a day trip, get onto the ferry and go from mainland England to the Isle of Wight, which is a little island just off the south coast of England. So if all goes to plan, I would love it if we managed to do that next week. It's just... I love the internal trips, but there's something also very, very special about getting the bike onto a ferry. It's that extra element of adventure. So hopefully I'll be speaking to you next week having done that. Fingers crossed. And I thought I'd try and give a little bit of inspiration for a trip that I've really, really wanted to do. A big road trip. And it's the biggest road trip possible in the UK. 
And while I'll be talking a bit about a big UK trip, this kind of applies to anywhere, it doesn't matter where you live, but there's something in the UK called the North Coast 500. I've wanted to do it for ages, but, well, it's not a problem, but it is a gigantic distance away from from southeast London. So we're right down in the corner of the UK in southeast London and the North Coast 500 is a, a huge 500 mile motorcycle route around the very northern tip of Scotland. And just to get there, it's 600 miles directly north, but you will get some of the absolute finest scenery in the whole of the UK. There are some bits of Scotland, although I've very rarely been to Scotland, that are Caribbean levels of beauty with the sea and the white sand. So I don't know if it's going to be possible this year, but I would absolutely love to do it. I don't think I'll be able to persuade Monica to jump on the back for the entire journey. So that may be something that I have to do solo. But it's going to be very, very high on my list. And I had a look at some camping sites. And this is where things apply to everyone. It doesn't matter if you're looking at the North Coast 500 or if you're looking at somewhere wherever you live. Because the campsites are getting really booked up. I had a look at a few of them. Some were completely fully booked and some had a few spots left. And when I say a few spots left, I mean I looked in July and there were only five days available in July. And these were, for example, the 13th of July, the 20th of July, very sporadically spread out. But if you're lucky enough to find a campsite, you're looking at about £7.50 a night if you bring your own backpack-sized tent. So backpack-sized tent, of course, is the size that you can put on your motorbike. And then if you want electricity, you're looking at about £5 a night to have electricity so you can charge your phone and things like that. So you're looking at about 10 to 15 pounds a night if you want to camp. And you don't have to book in advance. A lot of the joy is not knowing where you're going to actually end up. So you don't want to plan too much in advance. But if you do use a campsite, you're looking about 10 to 15 pounds. And I found that the case in Europe when we were camping around in Germany, France and places like that. But here's the best thing. If you're willing to be a little bit wild, just Google free camping and it's a real thing. And especially if you're considering Scotland and thinking, my Lord, I would love to do a Scottish trip, but things are getting really booked up and they're looking really expensive. But Scotland, this is something that blew my mind. This is absolutely amazing. Wild camping, wild camping in Scotland is a real thing and it's completely legal and it's pretty much completely widespread across the country that you can camp in the wild and there's no issue at all. There are only a couple of areas. So apart from, and I'm quoting here, apart from the Trossachs National Park and in fact that looks like it, you can't camp in the Trossachs National Park but apart from that it's permitted anywhere. You can go and free camp anywhere. Just make sure that you don't camp in a livestock area. So for example, where there are cows and sheep, stay away from there. And you can even speak to some landowners and they will just point you in the right direction for the best places to camp. And basically what Scotland have is, and it makes absolute sense, a leave no trace policy. So all it means is just 
they like you to turn up in small groups if possible and just leave the area exactly as you found it. But apart from that, chuck the tent on the back of your bike and just see where you'd like to end up. I think that is absolutely brilliant. That's blown my mind a bit. I didn't realise Scotland was so open to it. And it sounds like they're actually much, much more relaxed about that than England are, for example. Because on England, you really do have to go onto the main... Well, the main. You just type in free camping England, for example, and they'll, they'll give you a map of all of the different areas you can legally camp for free but Scotland take it a step further and it looks like actually you can pretty much camp wherever you want so long as you're not you know you're not pushing it just camping next to a group of cows or something like that and you leave the gate open but as long as you're respectful you can do anything you like and the gear that you'll need if we actually let me go into the cost roughly what you would need because mileage cost first to keep things as simple as possible if you're looking at a big trip and you're wondering what's the mileage going to cost me in fuel, I always just keep it as simple as possible. For £100, it's £10 in petrol. That's, that's the easiest way to, to kind of just think about it. So if it's £600 to get up to Scotland or 600 miles to get to Scotland and 600 miles to get back and let's say 600 miles for doing the North Coast 500, that's six. 1,200, 1,800, it's, it's only about 180 pounds in fuel for all of that. And let's say you go for three nights. Can you survive three nights free camping? I'd say I could just about do that. You can stop at a service station, for example, if you need to uh, use the loose, clean your teeth and things like that. But I would say three nights, you can jump in one of the locks or the big lakes in the mornings to freshen up. I'd say that's doable. So actually, all you need is a bit of food, £180 worth of fuel, and the world's your oyster with your tent on your back. I think that is absolutely amazing. And I thought I'd try and help you out with the tent situation, the gear situation in general. So, for a tent, go onto Amazon, and this is something that I really didn't know much about before I started researching for this episode, pop-up tents or instant tents. Type into Amazon, pop-up tents, and for £50, you can get what is something that I didn't really know existed. These pop-up tents, basically what they mean, as far as I can see, is you take them out of the casing and they literally pop up without you having to faff around with all of the poles and set everything up that can take 15 minutes. I had a look and one of these pop-up tents quotes a setup time of two seconds. A two second setup time for a pop-up tent. That is unbelievable. There's one that's, uh, the, the realistic ones, well, not realistic, the normal ones seem to be under a minute, which is still incredible. So you can get a tent that weighs 2.5 kilos, pitch time of under a minute, seats or sleeps two people, 69 pounds. That's brilliant value. Sleeping bag, go onto Amazon, get one for between 20 and 50 pounds. Take a knife and fork from the kitchen, sponge bag, a few waterproofs just in case it starts raining because in Scotland I'm sure that you can never absolutely guarantee the weather, but that's all you need. And reading this, this edition of Ride Magazine, which is one of my favourite bike magazines, they've got, they've got a few... 
a few ideas for some good touring gear. So I had a look through that because I'm always curious about what what some of the the gear that they rate is. And I'm a big fan of, of all types of gear, whether it's expensive or cheap. But, you know, you wouldn't be silly for being scared off by some of these prices. You know, jackets, £454, helmets, £500. Before you know it, you're up to about £2,000 and it can be a bit daunting. So what I've done is I've found you some ideas on some very cool looking gear and actually a couple of bikes that I think would work perfectly as a cost-effective solution. So let's say you've just passed your biking test or money's a little bit tight and I know both situations very well, but you still would love to either buy a bike or just get enough gear to be able to go on one of these biking adventures this year. And I promise you, I promise you, if you go on one of these adventures, you will never ever forget it. The biking trips that I've been on that involve, you know, a couple of nights away, they are some of the most unforgettable experiences of my life. I really do mean that very, very strongly. They are absolutely unforgettable. That sense of freedom and adventure, it is absolutely worth it. So I've got I've got a few bits of gear and also a couple of bikes that I, I thought I'd suggest. And again, this is for the UK, but you can you can use this worldwide wherever you are because they've got the same type of websites and the same type of offers and finance anywhere. So if you're doing a big trip, you can of course do it on any bike. You could even do it on a 125cc if you want. But I usually find if you go for a bike that's probably 500cc minimum and let's say 40 horsepower as a minimum, that type of bike, 500cc plus, 40 horsepower plus, that bike will be able to do anything you need of it in comfort and it'll be able to cruise along the motorways with no issue. The Royal Enfield Interceptor, for example, 650cc, 46 horsepower and absolutely comfortable all day long on the motorway. Whereas, as an interesting comparison, the Royal Enfield Himalayan with a 440cc and 26 horsepower engine, that is significantly more of a struggle on the motorways for long distances. You really do feel you're pushing it to the limit, redlining it, and you get the vibrations from the engine. And that's a 440cc engine with 26 horsepower. Make that step up to 500cc plus and get up to about the 46 horsepower plus and you'll be absolutely fine. And the cost, because let's have a look at this. Royal Enfield Interceptors, they hold their value well, but you can get one on finance, brand new, for £81 a month for Royal Enfield Interceptor. Brand new, £81 a month. Superb value, absolutely superb value. And that will be a brilliant tool for a trip. And I found a really cool second-hand purchase that I think would be absolutely perfect for a real road trip adventure. And that's a Honda this time because I like to try and find a different bike and not just stick to, for example, the Triumphs or the Royal Enfields. And that's a Honda CB1100. These bikes are meant to be absolute tanks, superbly made, as you'd expect from Honda, and classically styled. They really do look the part. Single headlight, 
could be from the 1960s and I found a beautiful Honda CB1100 from 2013, 4,599 pounds. Now this bike has 89 horsepower and it would just be an absolute continent crusher with all of that power. They look brilliant. They've got twin shocks at the back, absolutely ripe for modification. They've got beautiful twin dials. I'm just looking at it now. It's a bike I'd, I mean, obviously if I didn't have the Bonneville, I'd go out and buy that bike. I'm looking at it now, I, I really, really like it. An 89 horsepower, that is seriously quick. That will keep up with absolutely everything on the roads. So get one of those two bikes, get some of that cheap gear, and I found some cheap gear actually on eBay. Let me just tell you what I found on eBay. Right now, if you're in the UK, you can go out and you can go and pick up some TCX X-Blends. They are for sale right now with three days left on eBay. £12.40, the current bid. And these look absolutely brilliant. I've got a pair of these and they look, honestly, they look like they've never been worn before, but they're secondhand. Someone's just taken some pics of them. Says they're still, pre still pretty new, excellent padding. They look absolutely brand new. £12.40, three days left. Great looking motorcycle jacket, three days left. £40, no bids. Looks absolutely retro, brilliant in the best possible way. And then jump on, put into eBay, RST motorcycle armoured jeans, 34 inch waist, £30. There you go. You've got a whole outfit for under £100. Two great value motorcycles. And that's all you need. That's all you need. Keep it simple. It's got me excited, actually. I may straight after this this episode actually i will seriously consider i'll seriously consider actually booking up the isle of white ferry and if you're interested in that i did have a look a couple of days ago ferry costs for the isle of white it's 20 i think it's 23 pounds 50 one way i think a return ferry ticket to the isle of wight with a motorcycle and two people on the motorcycle is about 46 pounds which is brilliant value everything's cheaper for example getting on a ferry of course it's always cheaper on a motorbike than a car so that's something to bear in mind and that's it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. Please do... Oh, actually, keep an eye on my YouTube channel as well if I go and do that Isle of Wight trip. And give this podcast a like and subscribe to the channel if you can. Thank you for listening. Have a brilliant week. Happy travels, happy riding, and I'll see you in the next one.